earlier, so I get an internship at Google. Boom, 150K, first month. Opportunities will always show up, and if you don't grab that opportunity, then you might not find another opportunity. Mm -hmm. You also realize that, look, this is not my job. This is not my company. It's not my dad's company. Mm -hmm. So one day it's going to go. So you start a bit being a bit more frugal mm -hmm. with your money. Black tax is something that um, I think you need to understand how to, to, to manage it. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't manage it in time, mm -hmm. it's going to mess you up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Financially Incorrect. Last week, um, we had a break. I was unwell, so we didn't shoot anything. Um, but this week, we're back. Uh, remember, Financially Incorrect is a podcast sponsored by FXpressa, who are on a road to educate a million people on financial literacy. Remember to check them out. Their links are going to be in the episode description box. Please check them out, see what they're up to, learn about trading, and find out about different ways that you can diversify your investments. Today, we have, um, I haven't met him before, but I was supposed to meet him like two three months ago on a totally different um, um, field. We were supposed to look at potentially working together. His name is Victor Mutua, and I've forgotten the third one. Just add an NGA. Jesus. Mutunga Mutua, right? Mutunga Mutua, yeah. yeah. Victor, <laughs> Victor Mutunga Mutua. Who is, I should say the cow accent. I, I don't have that one. But he's ex... But yeah, sure. Ex-YouTube, ex-Google, ex-TikTok, and now he's a team principal at Noga Sports. Welcome. Thank you very much. Good. All right, so let's start. How did you get to YouTube? Well, you said you told me you started working for Google at 19. Was yes. it 19 or 18? It should be 19 because I remember that time they were looking yeah. for student ambassadors around the continent and across the world. Mm -hmm. And so lucky enough to be, I think, around among the 130 people across the different countries in the continent to mm -hmm. help Google understand the students mm -hmm. and also give them feedback and do activation. So mm -hmm. I think there used to be a new product called Google for Education. So you'd maybe do fun events, you do symposiums, mm -hmm. you'd go ahead to even educate high school students. So mm -hmm. it was such a great opportunity to start working and get exposed to the to the big tech at that time. Yeah. So before we started this conversation, you actually, um, when you're asking me what exactly is this podcast about, and I said it's about money, uh, money journeys and careers, and you said, of course, you know, because that's where people get their money. So mm -hmm. did you always work or, or get into your field of, of work for money? Oh, for money? Yeah, for money. Was money the, 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 the key driver and motivating factor for the different companies that you've worked for? Not really. I think it was easier for me, based out of my upbringing, to, to join tech. Because I remember my dad introducing me to all these things when I was a bit younger. Mm -hmm. And so naturally for me, it was to get myself towards tech, training things and all that. So for me, I don't think it was about money. If I wanted to get money, I'd probably be selling things, maybe be a thief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should be selling things or maybe be a thief yeah, if you wanted if you wanted money what kind of way. thief because in my head i have like a petty petty burglar you know that's, when you no, say or, or be a or, or be a thief so what do you mean or do i you think mean i'm smart a, enough to be like a politician a proper proper thief. a politician is a politician a thief though some are yeah but i dare be a thief if i needed money yeah and that's how you find people if you're driven by money that's where you find corruption that's mm -hmm. where you find People being sacked. That's why you find people like the guys at sit F bank fight the guy. What's the guy for the guy, the billionaire guy for FXT or something? FTX. Mm. Yeah. So if it's for money, then you find yourself in shitty waters. Mm -hmm. But then it's I don't think it does for money for me. Mm -hmm. yeah. You say your dad introduced you to tech. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. What how how how? I remember when I was younger, I'd be given these electronic devices to kind of fix. Uh, a radio would be brought at home and they'd open it mm -hmm. and then they wouldn't be punished. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I remember being given a drawing boards that the engineers used with their T-square and then the idea was to come and start sketching all these circuits. Mm-hmm. And so I remember that time being introduced to tech slowly. We didn't have this software, it was more hardware side of things. I think growing up I found myself, even in high school, doing computer and electricity as a subject mm-hmm. and then going to uni and selecting something that was towards tech, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's how I found myself in the, the tech ecosystem. What was money like in the in the house? In the house money. Yeah. I grew up in a very very diverse background because my mom comes from Western Kenya, my dad comes from Eastern Kenya. Mm-hmm. My grandfather, both of them, my grandfather's both of them that I spend a lot of time with came from different backgrounds. So my from my dad's side my grandfather was a trader, so I remember him doing mm-hmm. a lot of businesses from selling hides and seek. Um, we had so many butcheries in Okambani. Mm-hmm. We had um, businesses doing agriculture. Mm-hmm. I remember we also had a big shop uh, in different places in Okambani. But on the other side, my grandfather was, was a teacher, was in the army. Mm-hmm. And so being brought up in that system where my parents are closer to their parents, and it's, it's, it's a bit different. Our money was not talked about all the time, but mm-hmm. I could see a lot of influences in terms of how my parents would hustle and how their grandparents, my grandparents would hustle and see how they can get an extra amount of money. Mm-hmm. While my parents, my mom and dad were employed by the government, they always had these side hustles. We did a lot of farming, we did a lot of, I think my dad used to trade with minerals mm-hmm. as, as much as uh, he was employed by the government. Mm-hmm. Um, in Western Kenya, where my mom comes from, they were predominantly employees of the government mm-hmm. because my mom, my grandmother was um, in the Ministry of Health, um, focused on reproductive health, and my grandfather, as I've mentioned, was in the army and as a teacher. So money came differently, but we never lacked anything, you mm-hmm. know. But I could see a lot of extra value being brought in terms of um, doing businesses, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, question. Um, when you look at what your your, your parents were doing, mm-hmm. um, because you said they were civil servants essentially and had lots of side businesses, mm-hmm. Did you, or now looking back, do you feel like they didn't have enough, whatever they were getting from their salary, it wasn't enough income for whatever life they wanted to lead um, or live with you? Or was it more, um, you know, just being an an entrepreneurial spirit, so to speak? Like, what was the driver beyond having, quote-unquote, multiple jobs? And it comes, I believe it's because of the culture. Because Mm -hmm. actually you are, you need to provide, you need to be hustling, you need to, you'll never have sufficient mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. So I believe for my parents, it was more of, let me get this extra money because I'm able to, I have extra time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I need to make sure that us as the kids are doing really well and they never lack. Mm-hmm. So I think it was out of need mm-hmm. to make sure that they diversify their income and mm-hmm. also because of security. Mm-hmm. Because I remember when I was young, I think some of my dad's colleagues were retrenched. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a bad situation for them. But at the same time, you've seen things like COVID come in recent mm-hmm. times when you're mm-hmm. adults. And if you didn't have an extra side hustle, mm-hmm. then you find yourself not sufficient. So I believe it was out of need that mm-hmm. they had to, to do extra side hustles. Yeah. yeah. Are you an only child or did you have siblings? Where? Hey, <laughs> you should never ask an African <laughs> that question. But anyway, um, look, I'm the first born in a family of three. Three? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I have two so, younger sisters. Okay. Yeah. And when did you start handling money um, um, in, in the context of your nuclear family before you became an adult? Like, when did you start interacting with money and dealing with money? The year of the Lord, 2003. Mm-hmm. I remember we went to Shags and my, as I told you, my dad was a farmer mm-hmm. at the same time. And so I remember he gave me a small parcel of land, I believe, I think it was nine years. 
And so I remember employing my cousins and telling them, look, when I'm going back to boarding school, please take care of my small farm, mm -hmm. and then I'm going to pay you later. Mm -hmm. So I remember paying these, my cousins, mm -hmm. some few cents that my dad has given me for savings. Mm -hmm. And then um, when I came back, I found them, they have sort of made sure the crops have grown, and then I'd sell the maybe half a sack of maize or maybe mm -hmm. half a sack of beans to my dad. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing internal money, um, rather earning mm -hmm. of money from, from those mm -hmm. side hustles. Yeah. That was a long time ago as a kid. And is that, was that like, is that something that your sisters also had or, or I guess when they got, because you said you were, you were nine when, when he's giving you this parcel yeah, of land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he, when he gave it to you, is he giving you instructions? He's telling you, I want you to plant this and that, or this is how the, this is what I want you to do with this piece of land. Or was it just like, here is a piece of land, like a gift? Naturally, you're brought up in a farm. So mm -hmm. when you close schools over the weekends, you're in the farm. And so the only thing you know is irrigation, planting, harvesting. Mm -hmm doing all these things that in the farm are there. Mm -hmm. And so you find some extra seedlings there, rather mm -hmm. some extra seeds there. You want to try out your own things. Mm -hmm. And you're going back to school and you know you want to do something. Mm -hmm. So you ask your cousins to do something for you, they, then you pay them, then you sell back to your dad. So I think, I think it's because we had plenty of things in the farm to try okay. out. Yeah. So it wasn't like ex express instruction, it nope. wasn't like he wanted you to do this with a space of land? Nope, Okay. Yeah. Did your sisters do the same thing? My sister is six years younger, so they were quite... When they were, when I'm saying when they got to the same age, when they got to about, I guess, nine or ten, were they, you know, afforded the same thing or did they do the same thing? No, this is where the shift comes in because my dad died later, one year oh, later. Oh, my apologies. Which means, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. means that um, these are kids, so everything changes now. Mm -hmm. So you're ten, um, you're the firstborn, you're in boarding school, your dad is, boom, gone. Mm -hmm. And then everything changes. You change schools, mm -hmm. you change your living at, um, everything changes literally. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And so what, and, and I, I'm assuming, I mean, if you come from a two-income household and now you're in a one-income household, what kind of shift um, or what does that do for your understanding of money and, and your understanding of, I guess, trying to make enough? Yeah. If you have a bottle of water that's full, right, mm -hmm. and we have two people, um, and that bottle of water is being filled by those two people, mm -hmm. And it's being drunk by baby, the, the entire household, I mean, mm -hmm. the entire room here. Mm -hmm. It means that um, next time, when half of it is gone, mm -hmm. the, also the rest of the people, their, 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 their water intake goes down, mm -hmm. right? So same thing to what happens when you're coming from a two-income uh, household. It mm -hmm. means that everything goes down by at least 50%. Mm -hmm. So it means that your mom has to work extra hard to mm -hmm. pay the school fee. Mm -hmm. So for you to live in the same standard, it means also maybe having relatives to come on board and support mm -hmm. you. So I think there was that cash shift that came in, mm -hmm. and it meant that we don't have enough money like mm -hmm. we used to have. Mm -hmm. It means that the farm that we had that was giving us extra money is no longer there. Mm -hmm. It means that the, the few minerals that my dad was selling is no longer mm -hmm. there. So mm -hmm. it shrinks everything, mm -hmm. and life changes. And is that an understanding that you came to later, you know, retrospectively? Or at the time, did you understand it? Like, were you upset with the change of school? Or were you frustrated with the fact that you couldn't li live the life that you were living before? Or is that something you ultimately just understood? So initially I was cautioned because my, my uncles and my aunts were there for the, maybe for the first few months. Mm -hmm. Until at some point I realized, look, wait a minute, I'm from a really nice boarding school, a Catholic school, and I'm being taken to Shags. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Mm -hmm. So ideally everything changes completely. But then in prospect you realize, aha, so the reason why I was shifted from one school or maybe from this kind of life to the other life, it's because mm -hmm. of the shrinkage in terms of income. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. But at the time it wasn't like, you weren't... You didn't, you didn't like what you, maybe a question is, did you make peace with it? Like, were you at peace with it or was it something that frustrated you as a child? Yeah, I didn't see anything wrong until I was in high school. 
So when you go to high school is when you're like, like okay. Oh, shoot. Why am I in this high school? If yeah. my dad was here, I'm sure I wouldn't be here. Yeah. If my dad was here, I'm sure things would have been different. You mm. know? So it hits you later, not immediately. Mm. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Okay. So go to high school. Then um, what happens after high school? How do you get to working at YouTube? Because you told me you started working at YouTube at about 18, 19, if I'm not wrong. No, this is Google, right? Uh, and Google, sorry, Google. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, YouTube and Google is yeah, YouTube same is thing. still on yeah. by, by Google. So this was, I think in uni, um, I was a curious kid again, mm-hmm. right? So from, from, um, from primary school, going to high school, I was very curious. Mm-hmm. I remember, I think I was one of the top ones in the Kenya Science is it Kenya Kenya Science Congress something Kenya Scholarly School mm-hmm. Science Congress one of the top students mm-hmm. I remember making some really cool devices and gadgets and then I moved to uni and then Google is coming to the country Microsoft is setting up everything here IBM is in town and um, I spent a lot of time watching TV after mm-hmm. high school then people like Larry Mado and Dan Mwangi are showing this and, and TV was such a cool TV mm-hmm. so I remember watching a lot of um, tech shows. Mm-hmm. I remember reading a lot on TechCrunch and so mm-hmm. many publications. Everybody was just talking about tech. Mm-hmm. So I become curious. And I go to, to this uni um, in Kenya. It's called Strathmore. So mm-hmm. Strathmore, you go there and you find Google is setting up an office there. Mm-hmm. Microsoft has just sponsored an entire lab. Um, you can see students at Strathmore maybe coding. You can see mm-hmm. them talking about Android. And then there, I think there was like a mini revolution at that time. Mm-hmm. People like Dorothy Oko, currently at Google, used mm-hmm. to work at Nokia. And then they, they, I think they... They talk to the government, and then I think the smartphone taxes were reduced. Mm. So there's a lot of things happening Movement, in tech. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So naturally, you get yourself into tech. Yeah. Now, when I go to uni, and at that time, they're opening for people to try out the Google Ambassador program, then I applied for it. Mm-hmm. And I got into it. So as a student ambassador for one year, you get exposed to different people from across the continent. And then after that, now I got an internship. Mm-hmm. So the internship was the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll talk about that, but mm-hmm. the transition because it was more of a gradual transition okay. in tech. Like yeah, I mean, let's talk, let's talk about the internship. So, yeah. so how, one, how much? Uh, how much? Because uh, this is now YouTube. Yeah. How much is YouTube paying you for for your internship? And and what year are you in in, in um, university at this time? So I think third year, mm-hmm. third year. So I get an internship at Google. So Google and YouTube is the same thing. It yeah. isn't that much of a difference. Yeah. Boom, hundred and fifty k first month. Mm-hmm. So you are this 21 year old. I think I remember I was like in a Collins, mm-hmm. and you're getting so much money. Mm-hmm. You're wondering what the hell is this? All this you're being about? paid in USD. No, this is Kenya shillings. Kenya shillings. Because already registered locally. Okay. So you get a six digit job. You don't even know what to do with the money. Mm-hmm. First things first. Move out of home. Mm-hmm. Go to a different place. Mm-hmm. Lie to your parents that you've been given maybe housing. Mm-hmm. I remember this is not just about the the six digits you've been given. Mm-hmm. It comes with. There used to be something called HOH, which is home office home. Mm-hmm. So you'd be picked at home mm-hmm. in, in this Prado, this TX thing. Mm-hmm. Take you to the office, drop you back. You're given food. Mm-hmm. You're given all the parts you can ever think about. Mm-hmm. So ideally, the... And this is an internship. Giving, this is an internship, yeah. Okay. I remember um, this is just money for you too, because it's written, written there. It's not, it's not salary. It's mm-hmm. more of a stipend for you for transport and food. 150,000 shillings least, a month, yeah, which yeah. is a stipend. Yeah, that's a stipend. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Let's, let's try this thing. Yeah. It, was, it was really good money yeah. for sure. So, and, and so, okay, so you move out. Mm-hmm. What else are you doing with your 150,000? Like if you were to break it down for me, how much, how much are you spending <laughs> on what? Making mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Making mistakes uh-huh. means... You know, your friends don't have money mm-hmm. and you hang out together. So mm-hmm. you go and drink. Mm-hmm. You go for these random road trips. Mm-hmm. Um, you send some money home, but you see, you don't tell your parents that you're making this amount of money. Mm-hmm. 
So just send kidogo kidogo money. Um, then maybe try to pay yourself for mm-hmm. your school fee, mm-hmm. pay your rent. Mm-hmm. But ideally, at that time, you're not even thinking about savings. Mm-hmm. Just thinking about, let's spend this money. Mm-hmm. Paycheck on 25th. Mm-hmm. You continue. Paycheck on 25th, you just continue bowling. And you keep at it. And they're, yeah. and, and they're picking you up in a Prado, dropping you. Did anyone mm-hmm. think that, I don't know, at the time, were there, what are they called, tenderpreneurs at that time? Did anyone think that you're in any, you know, wash, wash? sort of business or anything like that. No, I was, I was not flashy. So I'm yeah. just with my friends and my boys. Yeah. We too, up to this day, they're still my friends. Yeah. So there's nothing that you know now. It's happening out there. So just the money. I'm making mistakes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what happens after that? What happens after, after um, I guess, after you finish? Or what happens at the end of the, the internship? Is it a year long? Is it two years? Yeah. So for that year, you also travel a lot. Okay. And you get exposed to the best engineers in the world. Okay. You get exposed to the best marketers in the world. At that time, Google was the coolest company. And mm-hmm. I think it still is one mm-hmm. of the coolest companies in the world to work for. Look, um, you go to a room and everybody has gone to Stanford. Or maybe mm-hmm. somebody's just from um, any Ivy League university. Mm-hmm. And they're the kind of guys you're working with. Mm-hmm. I remember my desk was like a, one of the guys who eventually became um, one of the top, top people in the country right now. Mm-hmm. And at, today, at Google? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So today you're in Lagos, tomorrow you're in Jobag, tomorrow I remember being sent to, I think, Mozambique, mm-hmm. the country that speaks Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember, I think, there's someone who just sees something in you mm-hmm. and they give you an opportunity. So I met this mentor around that period of time, I think, saw the fire in me. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually went to work at Mastercard. Right now runs a very successful family business around, and something you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of people know. Mm-hmm. And I remember even giving this opportunity to try out things and, and, and continue. So at the same time, somebody saw something in me at Google, let me travel and just get exposed to different mm-hmm. cultures. At the same time, somebody saw something in me and they moved me to YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I explore and just come up with new programs. At the same time, um, there used to be a payment platform called BebaPay. Mm-hmm. They threw me into BebaPay. So just let me explore everything I wanted to explore. Mm-hmm. I think that gives me the ability to kind of get exposed and... And all of this happens within that one year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What happens when the year is done? Um, I remember that December, we went to Masai Mara, I think, for a trip. And then I came back home. And alas, the internship is over. Mm-hmm. So I need to go back to school. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, why should I go back to school? I've been already been exposed. I'm having all this money. Ha- oh, had you taken time off yeah. from, from finishing? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So you just concentrate over here. Yeah. So you take some time off and go back to uni. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you go back to university to finish your last year now. Yeah, try right. finish. Try, <laughs> try to try and finish. Yeah, and then okay. come back at Google now again. Okay. Yeah. So you, so December, you, um, December you go back to school January mm-hmm. to try and finish your last year mm-hmm. of university. Mm-hmm. Um, when do you go back to to Google? Mm, that the next year. The, so next, the next year. year so for that year you so finish. Like one, so around. Around, I think after 14 months, I'm back. Okay. And so for that year, you finish your... You finish no, your, I didn't finish. You didn't finish. What happened? Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I go back to Google now because there's another opportunity for me to go back there. Okay. But what happens within the 14 months? You say I'm you go in back school. To I'm, still, I'm still in school, but now there's so, another opportunity. Oh, so for 14 months, you're in school. Yeah. So you do... On and off. Yeah. So two, two semesters. Is, so you see, um, mm-hmm. in uni, you don't have to... You don't have to... Because you select the units you yeah. have to do, right? Yeah. So at times, you might do... Three semesters and then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's how I played around it. Okay. Then went back to. And so, how are you surviving within these fourteen months before um, you go back to? I'm living with my parents. Yeah. What do you mean? How much do you have saved? How are you spending your money? 
and how you're surviving during that period? I made mistakes, so I don't have enough money. So I have literally run away, I think, for four months, if mm-hmm. I remember well. So after that, I'm not able to pay my rent. I'm not able to live that life I was living before. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of trying to pay my school fee because I've told my parents I can't pay my school fee, you know? <laughs> so money, I deplete all the money. Yeah. At that time, you know, people don't, a lot of people didn't understand what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you're not getting these gigs ideally. So if, mm-hmm. for example, you want to go to work for an agency, mm-hmm. uh, then they can't afford you. Mm-hmm. If you want to go to work in a media house, they can't afford you at that time. Mm-hmm. Because I'm seeing this young boy, as much as they've achieved everything, they're not able to afford you at that time, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they don't really understand what you're doing. So that comes. I, but there's something I've forgotten. I remember at the same time, and this comes to a discussion about income mm-hmm. in each and every country that we, we, we come from. Mm-hmm. You find the same role, same responsibility in Lagos is paid less than the person in Nairobi. Mm-hmm. And even less than the person in Jobak. Mm-hmm. So there's that. At the same time, you find you're interning in a company, say, I'm, I'm at Google, somebody else is at Microsoft, mm-hmm. but there's somebody, someone at Microsoft is making a little bit lesser than you are. So mm-hmm. I think there are different kind of facets of how the income used to come through. Mm-hmm. So you also compare yourself to guys at Oracle here, at the top mm-hmm. of this building. We are still weird internships, we had peers working there. Mm-hmm. They used to make a certain amount of money. So mm-hmm. at this point, you know, you start reflecting and wondering, what did my peers do with this, their money, right? Mm-hmm. So some of them have saved, others are buying cars. Um, others are with you at that point. Mm-hmm. But then for some reason, some of them are a bit older than I was. So mm-hmm. I'm allowed to make mistakes. Yeah. But anyway, so I think there's that comparison. But past for us to, to during that period of time, I think I relied on my parents a lot. Yeah. So just going back home, getting a normal stipend. Um, but yeah, that's not your money. That's your parents' money. Okay. Yeah. So the second um, second stint comes for YouTube, Google. Second opportunity comes yeah, up. Yeah, now this is just Google now. Google is such to Google. be specific. Right. Yeah. And you, you decide to take it. You decide to, to, to leave school and take it. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's the rationale behind that? Opportunities will always show up. And if you don't grab that opportunity, then you might not find another opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I go back there and I meet these amazing team that really took me in. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, just being thrown into deep waters to go and figure out what fish is there and mm-hmm. what you can mine there. And it was a great experience just going back to where you had left and started from. So primarily, what was your job now? So at Google at that time, I was in the product marketing team, mm-hmm. which meant that you need to kind of understand your competitors. You also need to make sure that you understand your users mm-hmm. and build products that are meant for the users. So give feedback to the engineers and the different teams and so that they can improve their product and mm-hmm. also localize some of these products. So plenty of products we worked on mm-hmm. um, for millions of users across the, can- mm-hmm. across the continent mm-hmm. with over 232 countries. Mm-hmm. At the same time, doing a lot of campaigns. I think I remember I took part in one of the first integrated marketing campaigns at Google um, and also supporting other initiatives inside the, the organization. Yeah. yeah. So things like the Kenyan elections in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, which means you need to, to localize a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And again, the beauty of these big companies is <coughs> able to kind of do a lot of things yeah. and explore. Yeah. How much were they? How much was their offer at that time? At that time, um, almost the same amount. It was about the same yeah. amount. So it yeah. wasn't. There wasn't that, no, not, not uh, much of an yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about the work culture? You know, I see these um, these videos on TikTok and Instagram mm-hmm. now around mm-hmm. um, working for Google or working for mm-hmm. you know any of these big tech companies, mm-hmm. and they all seem very. I guess they're done by, I guess, you know, the Gen, Gen Zs and they seem very chilled, very relaxed mm. and, you know, like nap rooms and all sorts of snacks and things available. I've been to the Google office here. I think that was in 20, I want to say maybe 2018, 2019. I didn't see that. Mm. Um, but my question is, I guess, what was the culture like for you uh, um, working there? Is it the same as, as what we see people saying, you know, working at Google is like? 
look there are different offices there are different sizes mm-hmm. and then there are different countries and different roles so an office in Nairobi for example wouldn't be similar to the one that is in London for example mm-hmm. London would find maybe 3000 people presumably mm-hmm. Nairobi might be find maybe 100 people so the size of the office also differs so mm-hmm. for example in Nairobi you come here and they've taken a floor mm-hmm. but if you go to a place like San Francisco it's maybe an entire campus you mm-hmm. know so it's quite 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 different yeah. now if you say you went to this office here and you find you found that those fancy things such as shows what the function of the office is mm-hmm. it's all about but generally speaking the culture is, is amazing you yeah. get amazing people you are allowed to travel a lot and go to diff- these different offices where yeah. you find all these things happening okay yeah and at this time now you're earning this you said earning about the same amount of money yeah. are you being better with your money and i'm using better as a word mm. based on the fact that you said you made a lot of mistakes the first time yeah so are you are you better now yes i am yeah so what are you do how you do, do you move out again immediately or what what what's your progression i think there? um Before I come back to Google I'd already moved out again. again. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But this time now I'm doing on things. I'm I'm getting some consulting gigs here mm-hmm. and there. I'm I'm making some I'm, I have some income that's mm-hmm. coming through for me. Mm-hmm. And so this time around I decided, look, I'm going to take a house by myself. I'm going to co-share a house with my friend. Mm-hmm. So I'm immediately moving with my one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. We stay together for the entire year. Mm-hmm. And we share our bills from water to the rent. At this time I'm also And how much is that costing you per month in terms of now so your bills? So maybe maybe 20 30000 mm-hmm. yeah in terms of utilities bikes. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. so it's great so now that so maybe up to 60 together mm. but yeah, it's but a bit it's a bit, yeah, yeah. It's a bit it's a bit it's a bit lower um you used to start you reduce your drinking <laughs> and going out and doing mm-hmm. these travels mm-hmm. um you also realize that look this is not my job this is not my company so my dad's company mm-hmm. so and it's gonna go so you start a bit being a bit more frugal mm-hmm. with your money yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. So you start saving. Do you are you saving? Do you do any investing or is it just purely saving for a rainy day? Just saving for a rainy day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How long? Because at that time I'm not financially educated, I'd say. Okay. I'd met a couple of people that had done financial literacy, but this time I only understood the basics of money. And mm-hmm. in fact, I remember with that friend of mine it's called Derek Rono. Mm-hmm. Um with Derek we started something around finance actually. Mm-hmm. And so at this time we decided, look, um There's plenty of opportunity in 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 tech and building products for mm-hmm. gen I think the millennials and the young people mm-hmm. and so we decided to build a product around finance. So in doing our research we now understand that money so it's either you're making money so it's already, I mean it's, remember it's just about debit and credit so mm-hmm. money is coming in or going out. Mm-hmm. So when then this money comes in it's going out in terms of maybe you're saving it, you're investing it, maybe you're doing payments and all that. So it's I understand the basics of the money cycle of of I mean just the money cycle. So at this time you now understand how to budget right you know how to kind of um save so you start learning these things all okay. the time yeah so that during that period of time also we also try build products in finance right yeah okay and so how long are you then at um, at google do you get any do you do you get promoted or do you get any other positions it's an entry level job mm-hmm. so what next i decide it's time for me to to try out set up something mm-hmm. Remember as I told you earlier on uh, I came from a very entrepreneurial space yeah space. So my grandfather yeah. my yeah. dad all of them are very entrepreneurial so I'm like even during this period of time I've tried out two things one mm-hmm. I've tried to 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 make to set up to to set up a setup that does um payments for high schools so the solution was people in high school do not have mobile money mm-hmm. but they still need to pay for something in the canteen mm-hmm. so that time mpesa is a bit expensive <coughs> so what do you do tech cards mm-hmm. and give them 
at the canteen to tap and pay. Mm-hmm. So you already have that solution that actually is, is working out. We are trying out with, with some of my friends. Mm-hmm. Then we move forward from now because tech has already moved. Mm-hmm. Let's try out and do uh, uh, maybe something called, I think, they're called um, neobanks. Mm-hmm. So we try out a neobank because we've got some knowledge that's going on. So as much as I was working at Google at that time, we're also doing this startup. What's a, sorry, site. sorry. What, what's a neobank? A neobank is a bank that doesn't have to have physical space. Mm-hmm. So it's virtual things like Loop in the country. Okay. Globally, there are things like Mondo, Revolut. So mm-hmm. you can just plug and play and use your software. So it's ideally, it's a virtual bank. And what would be the, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out yeah, at the yeah, time, yeah. what kind of legislation are you going around to be able to make this happen? Or are you taking advantage of the fact that there's no legislation around that because I know, you know, putting up a bank is no small At that time, looking feat. back, yeah. we were just ambitious men, boys trying to do the things we yeah. can. And we're seeing guys building things in, in across the world mm-hmm. and to be specific in Europe. And mm-hmm. we think, look, there's an opportunity here. Mm-hmm. Let's try to explore. So I think months later, there's this new product called Loop mm-hmm. that comes into the market. The NCBA. NCBA Loop, mm-hmm. yeah. And whatever we're building with Rono mm-hmm. and other friends like Alan is the same, same thing that came out as loop. And they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, dude, we're on the same, when they're on the right trajectory. Mm-hmm. But I remember doing this thing on the side. Yeah. Remember my parents also doing things on the side, so I'm yeah. also trying to do things on the side. Yeah. So fast forward, I decided, look, um, this, this fintech thing is not working out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's given me leave some, some. And by exposure. fintech, you mean the stuff you're doing on the side? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the Lipa card, they used to call it yeah. Lipa card actually. Mm-hmm. So Lipakad went with it, won a few awards, went to pitch to different people. Mm-hmm. I remember you're a kid, you don't know, you're just exploring and trying mm-hmm. out new things. Mm-hmm. Then you now change and say, let's try, no, just build up uh, an application, let's call it a new bank. And then um, Loop happens and we're doing other things and like, this thing is not working out, let's try other things. Mm-hmm. So that happens and then I go back and say, uh, let me try out things around data science. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to set up a data science institute. Mm-hmm. So where we'd get people from different backgrounds, from managers to engineers, want to understand and venture into data science. So we decided to set up, become an entrepreneur full-time. Mm-hmm. So set up a data science school here. Grew up super fast. I remember, I thought I'm going to expect maybe five students for the first session. Mm-hmm. Ended up getting 20. What, a, uh, what um, justification yeah. are you using to set up the data <laughs> science school? And, and, and how are people believing that you are going to be able to, I guess, give them value for money and, you know, educate them um, in this data science school? And have you left Google at this time? Yes, I have now. Okay. So how, yeah. how, how, many, how, how long then are but you at I, Google? Um, and then you're another, like, one, that, another one year. Another one year. Yeah. Okay. So go set up this data science school. Mm-hmm. And I think the people just believed in me. And at that time... It was very data-driven, honestly. Mm-hmm. Are you a Look, fast talker? At, what do you mean? I are you like fast? no, not not like a, a, a speak fast, but yeah. are you like a wheeler dealer? Just, just you know, p- people who can sell you know ice to an Eskimo, you know, or water to a you know, like do you have that kind of personality? No, no? I, I can build things, but I don't know yeah. how to sell. Okay, yeah, some I I I think I pro- I I can do I can build a product, but I don't know how to sell it. Okay. I think it's a weakness because I don't even know how to bargain. So you can not as any gonga. <laughs> Which is, which okay, is, anyway, sorry, yeah. sorry for the anyway, interruption. Yeah, so yeah. the data science. So, cool, yeah. so data science, so it's very data-driven because at that time, um, one, right now, technology is going to outpace education and legislation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which means we don't have uh, universities yeah. offering data science. That's one. Yeah. But at the same time, you find that organizations have so much data they're collecting, but they don't have human capital to deal with that. Yeah, so connect both. Yeah, yeah, so connect mm-hmm. both. So... Because I was in the industry, mm-hmm. and one of my co-founders was also in the industry, he used to work at Oracle up, uh, up here. Mm-hmm. I remember him telling me a story of, 
him going to Botswana mm-hmm. and selling a cool product from Oracle. And the bank, he still needs to go back to Botswana and teach and train people about data science. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute. It just shows that there's a big disconnect between the industry and and what people really need. Yeah. So that's why we found ourselves setting up the data science school. Okay. So very data driven. Ah, but very, you had founders. I had a co-founder. Sorry, co-founder. Yeah, I had a co-founder here. Okay, okay. So this co-founder comes through, is is well off in terms of like data science and Mm -hmm. all that. So we set up Zuka Data Science Mm -hmm. and the solution was very simple. Let guys come three times a week. Uh, Let them come with their data. We are not going to give you exams, but you're going to upskill you from point A to point Z Mm -hmm. and put a price tag onto it. And I remember that was the first time ever in my life to make money Mm -hmm. from a proper business. Mm -hmm. Forget about the ones that I was doing with my parents. Mm -hmm. Mm So I realized, look, people can actually buy into it. Mm-hmm. And we did a small advertisement, spent, I think, $50. Mm-hmm. I think at that time, Twitter was big. Mm-hmm. Spent mm-hmm. $50 on doing um, the marketing campaign, talked mm-hmm. to a couple of friends. And then we had a class of 20 mm-hmm. within maybe two months. And how much, how, much were these, how much did it cost to take part in this? 45,000 Kenya shillings. 45,000 for, for the, for the for eight, eight-week program. Eight-week program. Yeah, okay, yeah. so... Remember, we don't have infrastructure. So yeah. we actually, we've gone to... Nairobi Garage here, mm-hmm. which is a co-working space. We've yeah. taken a space. We're taking in the evenings, two hours, uh, two hours, three times a week. So six hours for guests to come and learn. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So the costs are very low in terms of setting up. So you don't yeah. have to buy There's furniture. No and, so, yeah, it's, it's, right. yeah. so for me now, I realize that now that's why I'm becoming and an are entrepreneur. And are you and your co-founder the ones doing the training or the upskilling? So I'm more the program management. Now okay. he's actually coming in class every oh, day and, and teaching okay. people. Yeah. Okay. And these guys are coming from from blue chips, most of them. Mm-hmm. But initially, we thought maybe recent graduates are going to come, but it was a mix of guys in the industry trying mm-hmm. to transition to new jobs mm-hmm. or guys who just want to learn data science, maybe just want to kind of maybe get move departments. Okay. Yeah. How successful does the school become? It's very successful, I'd say, yeah. because people are paying. And then even before we, before we finish the first cohort, mm-hmm. guys are asking for the next cohort, mm-hmm. which meant that we modify, quick, quickly iterate what we had mm-hmm. and move it from eight-week program to a 20-week program mm-hmm. and triple the amount of money you're charging. Okay. And guys still came. And guys still came. Yeah. All right. So how much, how much money, how long does the school last and how much money do you make? In, how um, is the school still there now? No, it's not there. COVID okay. happened. Okay. So remember, we are growing super fast. We don't have resources. So we actually, we don't have any, any investment. So we're actually plowing back the little money we're making mm-hmm. to pay our instructors. So now from one instructor, we now have four instructors. Okay. So the money that comes in, we try to pay. It's reinvesting So reinvesting, so plowing back so that we can create the value, create value. Then at that point, I think we moved from the space at Nairobi Garage and moved to another campus mm-hmm. in, in Kilimani, Galana Plaza, where Africa is talking is. They used to have a space mm-hmm. somewhere mm-hmm. there. So we moved there and I think COVID decides to come. <laughs> COVID decides to come. Yeah. Okay, before we go too far there, because yeah. there's a question I wanted to ask you yeah. about um, Google and, and, and from, from your perspective. Yeah. Um, and this is just something I've, I've always wanted to find out. Yeah. Why is it, or what's the justification behind the AdSense um, payments mm-hmm. on YouTube for African um, content creators? And maybe even, let me speak for a specific region, for mm-hmm. Kenyan content mm-hmm. creators, mm-hmm. and the fact that we are paid less, less yeah. than people, I don't know if we're paid less than people in like West Africa. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're paid, I know we're paid less for sure than people mm-hmm. in, in the US and in yeah. Europe. What's yeah. the justification that? Because I've seen that the, even if you have an audience from um, US or UK, they still pay you at, at, at these lower rates. Yeah. Okay. So from your perspective, what, think, what do you think happens? From my perspective, I think... You know, let me not say what my perspective is. You should let say me, that. I'm no. give you my perspective. 
But look, yeah. um, it's very basic. This is math. Yeah. Um, looking at the economies and how they work. Mm-hmm. So the, do you understand how Google AdSense and AdWords work? Um, cost per mile. So, per thousand, so, per thousand um, listens, views. No, you've gone, know, that's yeah, a bit deeper. That's, oh, okay. Yeah, so on yeah, the right. very high level is yeah. Google, there's, a, there's YouTube, there's Google. So from the display ads to the video ads that yeah. exist. So they're in between here. Yeah. So in between here, then money needs to come. So advertisers yeah. come and bring money to the platform. Yeah. Then because the audience is here, that's what they're doing. Then the guys who are creating content because they the, maybe the guys who own those assets mm-hmm. get some money. Yeah. Now, if you go to, and the way they work, the way it works is people use this bidding platform. Mm-hmm. So the highest bidder gets to be seen more. Right, and, yeah, right, so, right. And all those things. Now, if you go to the US mm-hmm. and someone is spending a dollar, mm-hmm. if you come to the country, maybe it's five shillings. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I'm bidding higher because the economy is higher and the mm-hmm. cost of living is higher. Mm-hmm. So you're going to find that there's more money being spent in maybe the US yeah. in a bigger economy. In Kenya, it's less, less money. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's it. So... If you've got maybe more viewers in the US, you find mm-hmm. that you've got more money. Mm-hmm. If you've got um, fewer viewers in, let's say maybe, sorry, you can have a thousand viewers in Nairobi mm-hmm. and a thousand viewers in, in, in New York, mm-hmm. which means the person in New York is going to make more money than you do because yeah. of the advertisers that are placing the amount of money there. So, it's, of the there. so essentially, it's because we have a smaller brand and advertising yeah. market, yeah. then it's less money yeah. there. And therefore, yeah. content creators. So yeah. if there were more companies p- pumping in more money into YouTube or Google Ads, mm-hmm. then the content creators or the people who are creating content will be able to make more money. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's if, if, let's say if, if the, the bids were higher, yeah. that means that these guys are making more money. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. So that's why you find someone yeah. with a thousand maybe. But you see, people also don't understand when it comes to content creation, it's about the followers, mm-hmm. it's not about the likes, it's not about the... It's about the engagement. Mm-hmm. So you might find maybe I have 20 million views, but then they're only watching two seconds of my video. Mm-hmm. But somebody else has maybe 100,000 100, views, but they're making, watching maybe five minutes. So mm-hmm. it's totally different. And also the way you place, the, where the, pla- the placements of the ads. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a game of, say, trying to understand the basics of, of all that. Oh, that yeah. Okay, anyway. So in this period now, because you had left um, Google, you're now setting up this entrepreneurial um, um, mm-hmm. school, the data science school. Mm-hmm. How are you surviving at that point? Um, um, are you still living with your friend in the, you know, in the, in the space that you're sort of um, co-living in or, or living in together? Um, and how are you paying your bills? Because if a lot of your money is being reinvested back into the school mm-hmm. between then and COVID, mm-hmm. you know, what's life like at that point? Life at that point. So you also cut the costs as much as you can. Mm-hmm. So move to a, even a smaller space, pay less rent. Okay. So we also, so my friend got an opportunity in a different part of the city. So mm-hmm. he had to kind of move that side of okay. and leave that side. So we leave that house and everybody goes different directions. But mm-hmm. also both of us cut our costs, our spend as much as we could. Now we're becoming more mature mm-hmm. and we're seeing what the value of money is. Yeah. So cut your costs from, you stop, you stop going out a lot, you stop mm-hmm. having these extra expenses. So you just focused on building this product for you to, for you right. to work. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, also getting some cushion, just a little bit. If anything goes south, I think your parents can always cushion you yeah. in a way. Yeah. yeah. So that's what that period is like. I think for me, I think it's another lesson that I picked up about life. And look, I realized that people like Bill Gates and Zuckerberg and people like Steve Jobs and even Elon Musk that we used to look up to, they came from backgrounds where they were, I'd say, they could get cushioned. Mm-hmm. So someone like Zuckerberg at 12, the dad got him a professor to teach him programming. 
mm-hmm. meant that the risk level becomes even higher. Mm-hmm. So some of us who've got parents living in the city, the risk also becomes a bit higher because what's the worst that could happen? Go back home, you see. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't have that opportunity to go back home. Mm-hmm. So there's that Yeah, risk. so being an entrepreneur is for the middle class. I, in my opinion, yeah. in a way, you, yeah. get, you get more, yeah. You have more of a leeway to sort of, yeah, if, if you fail, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think that's how it works. So for me also at the same time, I'm taking a risk because I don't have so much responsibility. And mm. if everything, anything goes south, mm. I can always go back home to get some, some help. Some. But I'm praying that everything works out yeah. at that time, yeah. But at that point, at no point do, are you, uh, okay, so you're, you're, you're living a minimalized lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But at, would you categorize at any point in time, like you're struggling, would you categorize at any point in time, like you're not able to meet a specific bill or you're not able to, to, to feed yourself or anything like that? Did no, no, any no, of that happen? Yeah, no, it no, doesn't, it doesn't yeah. happen. And remember, okay. I also had some savings from the previous gig. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So then you get into, um, so COVID happens. Yeah. How do, you, how do you guys survive? Well, the company doesn't survive COVID, but how do you guys survive COVID? Personally, how do you survive COVID? So for COVID at, at Zuka, what happened was, remember, we just grew up super fast, right? Yeah. And so we've got to pay for the space. We need to pay instructors. We need to pay uh, a lot of things. I remember at that time, we're just, we're just pushing the much we can, mm-hmm. looking forward to maybe getting extra investors at some point after building up a, a, a proper maybe product. A viable product, yeah. yeah. I remember <coughs> we, went to, we got back into our incubation program I think for 90 days or so, mm-hmm. but then COVID still came. But look, we are pegging our program on numbers, right? Mm-hmm. So at that time we knew there's a high dropout rate of up to 90% on online programs. Mm-hmm. But then if you go to a proper program, the dropout rate becomes significantly lower, mm-hmm. which means at Zuka we're doing a blended program, which means come to class maybe three times a week mm-hmm. instead of coming full time, mm-hmm. but they're going to give you some cost to go home with. Now, with that happening, it meant that um, we need to have people come to class physically for them to do all these things. Mm-hmm. And so, because our strength was having people connect and mm-hmm. have uh, industry-driven programs, it meant that they can't come into class. And then people are not spending enough money. Mm-hmm. Their spending power has gone down. Because, yeah, everybody's holding yeah, their because money. Everybody's holding yeah, because everybody's holding their money, which means that you're not able to continue with it. Yeah. Then you can't even bring people because COVID and made sure that um, people cannot interact uh, in class. Right, yeah, it goes, right. goes, goes like that. Spacing yeah. Spacing and all those yeah. things, yeah. So during that period of time, I go back home. How difficult was it to, to decide with your co-founders and be like, okay, we have to close this down? It was inevitable for sure. No, I mean, it, inevitable, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like the conversation and the reality yeah. of, of course, there's the logic sense of yeah. it of like, yeah, this thing is not working. Yeah. But I guess the emotional, psychological f- um, other elements that you're mm-hmm. dealing with, mm-hmm. with the fact that you're closing a business, not because it's not being, not because it's not a successful or viable mm-hmm. product, mm-hmm. but because the circumstances now, um, you know, it was really, I think it was really, really extremely hard for us to let it go. Yeah. Uh, it was really, I think it took a toll, of, a toll on us because this is our baby and if a, a, a baby dies prematurely, yeah. I feel really, really bad, yeah. 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 And in retrospect, mm-hmm. would you have saved more money if you had sent people, if you had sent people home earlier? Like if you had made the decision, you know, the minute COVID hit and you're like, yep, this is not going to work, we're done. Do you think, you would you have been able to save a bit of money or... I don't think so because no. we're not saving money. We're not. We're actually plowing back the money into mm-hmm. the organization. Yeah, mm-hmm. which also brings another aspect about money, mm-hmm. where, look, some of us, when our parents are paying school fee, they'd rather pay in bits, maybe mm-hmm. every month, a little money. Mm-hmm. So same thing we experienced. So people are spending money, um, in bits. Mm-hmm. So you won't find maybe very few people will come and pay. Boom, get hundred percent paycheck. Unless you're an organization being pay, paying for your students, then yeah. it was a bit hard. So. For us, it was like, so the little man that's coming in, let's make it as sustainable as possible. Okay. Yeah. So you move back home. 
Uh, yeah, I think I remember I went back home. Yeah. For a while. Well, what yeah. was um, what was that like? Going back home. Yeah. So just reset, and go chill with your parents, and then your siblings, and then at that time, um, try to see if there's some opportunities you can get. Do you feel like? Do you feel at any point like you failed? At that time. Yeah. Now I'm 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 kind of disappointed because I'm going back to my parents, mm-hmm. and I'm not able to live by myself. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the risks I did. So if, for example, maybe if I went, I was still at Google, probably they still have money or they have still continued there. Yeah. Um, so I think there was that, like, what am I doing now? As in what's happening? You know, so there's plenty of questioning that you have to, to, to put in place. And I learned a lot in terms of you need to always have a plan B. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's upon myself getting back into employment. Yeah. yeah. And how, how, how quickly does it take you for you to get back into the group of things and like get back, get your mind out of this um, disappointment cycle mm-hmm. to be like, okay, now I need to figure out, um, you know, what happens next. And the reason why I'm asking that actually mm-hmm. is I remember when I was contemplating um, moving out and looking mm-hmm. at when I was leaving my mom's house mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, I, I don't know if I have enough enough money to do this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to sustain myself, you know, the highest. And I remember talking to a cousin of mine who told me, you know, the thing is, even if you do even if you do move back home even if things don't work out and you move back home it doesn't take away from the lessons and the things that you learn once you move out you know like yeah. it doesn't it's not going to set you back in that sense and i remember that made me a little bit more I think comfortable, like socially, mm-hmm. to be like, you know what? Okay, fine. Let me take this risk. Yeah. Let me see what happens. Yeah. If you know, I have to move back home, then yeah. so be it. But I remember it was also very, um, uh, what's the word? Like utopic, you know, in the sense that I haven't, I haven't had to move back home. I haven't dealt with that reality. Mm-hmm. But I'm just wondering, um, like, how long it would take me to get out of of of, of that feeling of, oh gosh. Like I'm back here, um, you know, my life was supposed to be like this and not, you know, sort of walk back here. Yeah. Look, I think I remember having that conversation with myself mm-hmm. and I remember having a chat again with a friend of mine and looking mm-hmm. at the graph of life. Mm-hmm. So you call it the, the graph of life is because time versus income. Mm-hmm. So if, for example, you're getting employed and you're getting maybe a salary of 20,000, mm-hmm. boom, 20,000, continue for maybe one year, two years, maybe you're going to increase maybe by 10%, 5%, not so much, mm-hmm. unless you move companies, unless mm-hmm. things change a lot. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there's this guy who is doing their business. Mm-hmm. And so they're growing slowly, 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 slowly. And their growth is going to continue upwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're good. Yeah. But then <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, it just gives you some confidence. Like, look, at the end of it, the, the journey is long. It's a marathon and not a sprint. So let's mm-hmm. continue. And so I think... For me, I was looking at life as a marathon and not a sprint. Okay. Yeah. Because I know how the, my graph is going to grow okay. in that direction. Okay. Yeah. So you start looking for a job? Yes. So I'm doing some gigs here and there. Mm-hmm. And then I, it's someone we're building a product for them and they allow me to go to Zambia. Mm-hmm. So during COVID time, we go to Zambia and we start building a product for, for women and the e commerce system in, in, in Lusaka. Mm-hmm. So I go there, I spend some time. When I'm there, I think I'd made some relationships with the guys that run. Mdundo. Mdundo is one of the most successful, um, actually, companies in Kenya. Mm-hmm. It's one of the few tech startups that has managed to go public. Mm-hmm. And so that time is when Mdundo was going public. Mm-hmm. And so the CEO reached out to me. I think we used to have chats in there. And then I go and join Mdundo. Mm-hmm. And we start building products with him. I stay there for a while. And then still during COVID time. Mm-hmm. So you joined Mdundo during COVID time? Yeah, yeah. I did, yeah. So, okay. I Mdundo. so this time I've, I've, I've accepted my fate. I'm going mm-hmm. back to employment for mm-hmm. a while just to... Make sure that I'm, I'm back on my feet. Yeah. So I go back there and um, 
yeah, spend some time there and then an opportunity comes again during COVID. Mm-hmm. An opportunity comes at TikTok and I mm-hmm. joined TikTok and I'm like, let's let's try this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And when you're when you're joining Dundo now, what are you thinking about in terms of your salary negotiation now? Um like what are the things that you're trying to do you have like a uh, a minimum amount of money is you're like I have to make you have to pay me at least X amount no, and I'm not taking anything lower than that I'm thinking it's COVID time yeah people are being laid off left right center yeah and I'm among the very few people that are getting an opportunity to yeah. work in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a in a product company yeah. that yeah. I really love so yeah why not so I took it because I really needed to 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 continue working and gain my skills and also um, make sure that I have money that's coming in yeah yeah so and and how long do you then stay in the house? How long do you stay with your mom or back with your with your family mm-hmm. before you move out again? And how much are you thinking that you need to have in terms of a you know a cushion and a reserve to be like okay once I ha- once I um, hit X amount then now I can move out so that I can be able to sustain my life if you know I get another curveball. No, I decided to leave immediately. Immediately, yeah. like immediately, immediately you get the job. You're like, Boom. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Even before, I think just before Dundo, I left, and then I, I went for to get a job. I mean, I went to look for a house, and oh. I got it. And so I remember just driving around looking for houses, looking for houses, and then I got one of my friends. Um, I think was living in a certain place, and then mm-hmm. I met her there, and I decided to take the house there, and then so I moved. Out, I moved out to an, an empty house. Okay. Yeah. What was the what was the what was your thinking at that time? Like, because I'm assuming, mm. I mean, if if you've just if well not just but if you had if you had had to move back home, um, because you won't be able to, you know you aren't going to be able to sustain a certain life, mm. um, did you not feel like it was a bit risky? Like it was a bit quick or? Probably, I'm probably a risk taker. Yeah, but it was like, look, um, life has to continue. Yeah, and remember, you need your space where you can actually do your things. Mm-hmm. Um, a space where you can come anytime you want to, a space where you can set up your corner where you can build your things, mm-hmm. um, a place that's near work. So it, because of convenience, you need to get a house. So mm-hmm. my thinking was like, look, let me let me move out. Let me let me get my space again. Okay. I'm getting back to my feet. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And so and at TikTok you get in as a if is a product a product manager. Um not really. Mm-hmm. So at at Mdundo was the head of product and data. Okay. And then leaving Dundo to TikTok was a bit Different because TikTok was still young at that time, right? Mm-hmm. In my opinion. Here. Um, or even globally. worldwide, yeah. right? Okay. So at that time when Aziad trended and mm-hmm. people knew about this app. And I think at that time, TikTok was growing super fast in terms of the audiences and the content that was being created there. Mm-hmm. People thought it's just a dance app. But then mm-hmm. I sat down and looked at it and realized, look, there has never been such a big opportunity mm-hmm. when you're building products for millions. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like the best thing for me to do is is try join TikTok. But this time, I'm not joining as a product manager. Mm-hmm. I'm joining to do everything. Mm-hmm. So from creator management to partner management to mm-hmm. advising on all the products it's going to look like, mm-hmm. brainstorming a lot, doing analytics. So you, you go there because it's a startup, mm-hmm. in quotes. Mm-hmm. So do everything. So okay, I have two questions yeah. um, um, around TikTok. One is... What do you think, I guess in your experience in working at TikTok, what do you think makes it stand apart from Instagram? Like why has its growth been so viral? Um, um, and two, how does TikTok's algorithm work? Because I think off of the different people that I've talked to and different content creators, that's the one space where they're like, I, I never really know how my video or my content is going to do. I can do something today and I get millions. I do something tomorrow, 
it's pretty similar thing and you know i don't get the same same amount of reach or views i think it's if you look at it in a bigger scale of things mm-hmm. one there's a time when tv was the biggest thing mm-hmm. there's a time when radio was the biggest thing mm-hmm. then there's a time the internet became all the shit right mm-hmm. and then after a while um we had people like yahoo and google in the late 90s and mm-hmm. amazon start doing some work mm-hmm. in 2006 we have got facebook that comes in and mm-hmm. people are there the internet is a bit expensive for everybody across the world mm-hmm. because the infrastructure is still being set up over mm-hmm. time then we go to the era of instagram so people have moved from just text to now images and photos the internet and infrastructure is becoming more and more available um there's development in terms of 4g 5g faster and so and also users are growing more and more then we go to the generation of the vines so short video mm-hmm. uh, before the vines i think we had youtube so people could consume youtube not mm-hmm. in big numbers mm-hmm. and at that time people were consuming youtube from say their computers mm-hmm. and maybe mostly computers yeah, actually yeah and laptops and, and then technology is still growing and now yeah. people can access mobile phones they are bigger better over time you see things like snapchat come in play and mm-hmm. it goes super fast and then boom um tiktok comes through because there are more phones that are available mm-hmm. technology is advanced because ai and machine learning are better mm-hmm. um there are more humans across the world and again the concentration span has reduced because there's a lot of content that's coming in mm-hmm. so tiktok comes with short video entertaining shareable mm-hmm. it's everywhere and then it twins people's hearts because in my opinion i feel like tiktok is an open source platform where an open source netflix in my opinion mm-hmm. which means is you allow creators to showcase themselves and entertain people in one app very short so i think that's how it made, made it a bit easier because everybody at tiktok is a creator mm-hmm. and with a, being a creator on the platform then why not consume mm-hmm. now in terms of um i think that's historically speaking mm-hmm. how uh, tiktok managed to be at the top mm-hmm. i think it was just because of time and a lot of coincidences that were happening in terms of technology um covid happening and also um i think spending power on the population of the world mm-hmm. Now, if you look at the algorithm, I wouldn't comment much on that, but just goes to the basics of demand and supply. Mm-hmm. So TikTok gives people what they want, and mm-hmm. this is global globally known. Mm-hmm. I think the CEO and was being grilled by the US government to mention the same thing. So you are given what you actually like. Mm-hmm. So the more you like something, the more you engage with it, then the more it's fed on you. And I think that's the power of AI that actually TikTok has. So in mm-hmm. my opinion, I feel the fact that all these things came together but the the ai is, is quite quite something mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah. i'd say the recommendation engine actually yeah, yeah. okay yeah. the second question i wanted to ask you was around i guess the work that you did at mdundo yeah. which is essentially product management yeah, yeah. and i feel like product management is an, is well maybe not new but a nuanced um career path that mm-hmm. sort of come up especially in our in our, yeah. in, our in our market yeah. and there's a lot of people who still don't really understand what product management is yeah. um in the role that they play and the important role that they ought yeah, to play yeah. in the sort of ecosystem yeah. the, the the ecosystem within organizations um and i also know that in other developed markets product managers make quite a bit make some really really good money mm-hmm. what's it like here right now um as a product manager like what yeah, amount of money is someone expected to make um and what There's are the skills and what are the skills yeah. that are required uh, for someone to be a good product manager I think the first skill that is 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 that you need to have as a product manager you need to be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. an entrepreneur sees opportunities and builds solutions for them mm-hmm. so that's purely what a product manager is so it's a new concept because it in technology you need to kind of own a product mm-hmm. so some product managers are called product owners mm-hmm. whereby you find opportunities and try to build them for you to build that opportunity you need to understand data you need to understand what does 
the quantitative mean when you do translate to the qualitatives, just need to understand the solutions themselves, the technology. So if let's say you're building a solution for mobile, you need to understand how do you mobile phones work? Mm. How does building an iOS, or maybe Android app look like? Just need to understand um, things like user experience, user mm -hmm. um, interfaces, you need to understand how you can market. So the entire scope, or the entire life cycle mm -hmm. of product, something mm -hmm. that you need to know mm -hmm. for you to become a product manager. Mm -hmm. You'll never be taught that in school. Mm -hmm. You need to figure out when is in, in the industry. Yeah. And so um, in terms of making money as a product manager, um, it varies, honestly, mm -hmm. based on the company that mm -hmm. you're working for. And if it's a startup, of course, people make less money mm -hmm. as compared to an established company. Give me some figures. Give me some figures. <laughs> um, some yeah. people I know are in the millions, Kenyan shillings, because they're product managers. Here, in, in this Kenya. market, yeah. 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 The guys who make quite a fortune, maybe 10 KUSD mm -hmm. up, upwards there. Uh, what kind of money. company would that be? Um, the, the Microsofts and mm -hmm. the, the Googles and the... Facebooks of this world mm -hmm. make that amount of money. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you've also you've got some startups that are making a lot of money and they're paying people really good world money. class, world class, um, another world level mm -hmm. amount of money. So they're well-funded startups that are giving people good money. Mm -hmm. um, the other tier is people like people in the banking industry, mm -hmm. telcos, cybersecurity, mm -hmm. and generally in tech are making good money as product managers. Mm -hmm. um, startups are right now you find someone doing each and everything at the same time. So you might mm -hmm. find someone doing almost marketing, sales, products, everything together. But um, the higher you get specialized mm. and the company you work for, the higher amount of money coming for you. Mm. At the same time, I think salaries are something that you never understand because as you say, the result of this product is that people just don't talk about money mm -hmm. a lot of times yeah. and then come they make. But I'd say from entry level around 50, 100K to the millions of money. Mm. Yeah. Depending on where, depending on where you are, where you are, okay. yeah. interesting. Yeah. All right, so you work at TikTok for for some time. Yeah. Um, a, a, a year and a bit, if I'm not wrong. Sorry, at at TikTok. Yeah, you work at TikTok for a year and a bit. No, three years. Three almost years. Three years. Yeah. Three years. Okay. Yeah. What's that experience like? And and for almost three years at TikTok was super fast growth. Mm -hmm. Look, um, and is your is your salary growing incrementally to the growth of the company? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. And yeah. not just at TikTok. Global right now, salaries are not going up yeah. because of I mean, the economics. I, th I think people almost mentioned that there was a depression not so long ago. Yeah. So a lot of companies were laying off people. Yeah. A lot of companies were reducing their expenses. Up to today, as we speak, yeah. a lot of yeah. companies are doing the same thing. Yeah. Okay. So um, three years at TikTok, right? Mm -hmm. um, what are you doing with your money during those three years? Yeah. At um, that time. TikTok is not one of the best paying organizations it is it sounds or it looks as looks well, like, or as yeah. one would think yeah 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 because again uh basically speaking it was a startup and a lot of us were joining and therefore um another time a lot of the people are not spending money mm. and so it's a start startup quote unquote at that time you can give me a percentage comparison to what you were making at uh google i will not <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I want to do that comparison, but this yeah. time I'm a bit, a bit wiser. Yeah. I know what I'm getting myself into. Yeah. I know why I'm here. I know the amount of time I want to spend at this organization. Yeah. And I can see what the direction is going on there. So for me, going back at, at TikTok is, in fact, the person who hired me is because they saw my entrepreneurial spirit and also my past experiences. So I became, in my opinion, an internal um, entrepreneur, intrapreneur. I think they're called intrapreneurs. So just drive the much you can. 
And so we joined, I think we were only two in the country for quite some time mm-hmm. before we expanded. And so try to do everything that you could. By this time, you're very, very frugal with yourself. So you know what pensions mean. Mm-hmm. You know what savings are. Mm-hmm. You now know what a circle is. Mm-hmm. You now understand I need, to, I, um, I need to go back to entrepreneurship at some point. You know you need to get some side hustles here and there. So mm-hmm. right now you are more mature. Mm-hmm. You've gone through COVID. Mm-hmm. You've gone through the best in life. You've gone through everything, a startup mm-hmm. and everything. So right now you're very, very intentional with how you do your things. So, um, yeah, I think now you start doing the budgets you know, mm-hmm. properly. You start thinking of how will I... I'm, I'm sure I won't be in this organization forever, mm-hmm. but by the time I'm living here, I'm looking at there's money as capital, mm-hmm. but there's also human capital, and there's mm-hmm. also, I think, the networks are building and a lot mm-hmm. of confidence. Mm-hmm. So you're preparing yourself to leave the organization, mm-hmm. and I think there's something also called quite quick thing, whereby mm-hmm. you feel like, um, I need to leave this organization, and so I start preparing myself for the next, for the future. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you know that you've built so many networks, so you're going to go back to those networks because they're going to help you out. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got some little money here and there, you need to kind of prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. And also put small investments, and I think that goes to the, to my, the next phase of my life about mm-hmm. you know, back, going back to entrepreneurship as, mm-hmm. as, um, as someone in sports. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's where you're at now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... Um, if I if I tell me, I know you've told me you're not giving me a, your amount, the percentage of yeah, amount yeah, money you're making, yeah. but now in terms of like how much you're saving, how much you're putting yeah. aside, are you yeah. putting aside fifty percent of your salary, sixty percent of your salary, um, to try and sort of get you ready um, for departure? Um, first of all, with the retirement plan you come up with, mm-hmm. you are saving maybe up to twenty percent of that amount of money, mm-hmm. so it's going there. Okay. Um, at the same time, savings come in terms of you're not spending a lot of money on say transport fuel mm-hmm. and all that because mm-hmm. that money is going you're investing it somewhere else mm-hmm. and also means that you're able to do side gigs here and there mm-hmm. because there's a lot of time in your hands mm-hmm. so you're able to get some extra amount and of money. when you sorry when you say side gigs yeah. um, um are you referring to like consulting stuff that you do and yeah. things like that and how much do you charge people for 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 things like that and how did you even figure out what rate you're going to charge people for your time when you're consulting for them um industry rates one mm-hmm. then two just knowing how to build. From working with people, you can now understand what a red card is, mm-hmm. you can understand what it means to giving someone your time. Mm-hmm. And also, um, I think it's more of the industry exposure because you don't expect to charge a corporate the same way charging a, an individual. Uh, an individual yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you've put aside money, you're now getting into an entrepreneurial space, yeah, yeah. and you now decide you're going to do what you're doing, that, what mm-hmm. you're doing now, which yeah. is the um, Noga Sports. Yeah. Um, what's the... I, maybe let me ask financially speaking, what's the what's the hope? What's the what are you hoping to try and achieve through through Noga Sports for your own personal finances, not so much as um, business and what it's what it can potentially do? Look, I've invested a lot of money um, from reducing my savings to spending on Noga, from getting my side gigs to investing on Noga, mm-hmm. to using my human um, networks to invest on Noga, and also a lot of good work from people to invest in that organization. Mm-hmm. So. With the diff- past experiences of starting up a product and not taking it to market with the financial literacy app, the payment card, mm-hmm. um, in addition to being employed um, at a very global level, mm-hmm. at, 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 um, at the top of the world at Google, um, to getting opportunity at a fast-growing local startup, to at the same time also working at um, a fast-growing platform like mm-hmm. TikTok, it means that you, it prepares you for the next mm-hmm. um, phase of life which has taken me, I'd say, nine years to get to mm-hmm. where we're right now. So Noga growing as fast as is, 
doing right now. It's not because of the money I have. It's because of the experiences and the people I've met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And what makes me you know it's the best investment, it's because of, again, my background mm-hmm. and also seeing the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So traveling a lot and getting access to data. Data is very key. Mm-hmm. And getting access to people and understanding mm-hmm. the market gives me hope that at the end of it, um, I'm going to recoup my investment. Mm-hmm. I know it's not a traditional way of doing investments, yeah. but I think that's where it is. Okay. Yeah. When you were starting out your career, um, I guess because you said you've been about, it's almost been a decade essentially yeah, of, yeah. of work that you've of put in. Work, yeah. um, do you feel like you are, financially speaking, do you feel like you are where you thought you'd be in 10 years? Uh, not really. First of all, I never thought about money when I was starting off. I was just mm-hmm. like, just doing it, continue with life. And mm-hmm. I didn't have something in mind pegged around money until three years ago, three, four years ago, mm-hmm. just before COVID. Yeah. And what, what then, is, what then I guess, has been your target? And the, well, I guess whatever it is that you developed three, four years ago, what's been the ambition or the thing that you're working towards? To be very self-sustaining, mm-hmm. which means that I have an income that's constant, mm-hmm. which means I'm building things around generational wealth, mm-hmm. which means that I'm diversifying my income, which means I know the value of my time. So I know my 30 minutes is no longer worth maybe $50. It's mm-hmm. worth maybe half a million dollars, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. So I think that has given me an opportunity to kind of understand who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also going through financial literacy classes. Mm-hmm. One of my very good friends, uh, one of my very good friends runs a, runs a financial literacy platform. So I remember sitting down with him and telling me things around the financial, I'd say, personalities. Mm-hmm. Also trying to understand, sitting in class and trying to understand what do you do with money mm-hmm. and what the future holds in money. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, okay. So you've talked about wanting to build, um, you know, generational wealth and things mm-hmm. like that being a big thing that came for you three years ago. So is mm-hmm. that how Noga then comes about? Is that, is, is Noga a part of that? Noga sports, is Noga a part of that? No, look, there's something I think I forgot. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up, I grew up in a very entrepreneurial background. So mm-hmm. for me, employment was out of, out of, I think just trying to see what other, to learn and grow, mm-hmm. I understand. Mm-hmm. So even working at Google, I knew I'm here because I need to grow myself and to understand what the world is. And I believe that education never gives us that opportunity mm-hmm. to be the industry. So learning on the job is something that's very key. Um, fast forward to how I grew up, I knew that for me to make a lot of money, to be reliable and not going through the shit that my my my, we went through after my dad died. Mm-hmm. I knew I needed to be very, very um, frugal with money and mm-hmm. also make a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so being in tech and I think one of the best best places for people to work at and a lot of money being poured there mm-hmm. and it's growing super fast, I think, helped a lot in terms of shaping what mm-hmm. I, I am at right now. Mm-hmm. But I think going back to Noga. So Noga is, is me. Mm-hmm. Noga means thrive. Mm-hmm. It's fine. In Swahili. Yeah. So Noga yeah. is a Swahili word for, for thrive mm-hmm. or rather flourish. Yeah. And so what Noga is saying is me is that we're using all my experiences mm-hmm. from tech, understanding how to build products for mm-hmm. tech, to data, having worked with data science and worked in big companies that are always around data, to media, working in media. So from Google to YouTube and, um, and, and TikTok recently. So I have the best mix mm-hmm. to go into whatever industry I want to. Mm-hmm. So globally right now, sports is growing super fast. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of changes in terms of football. How Football is the biggest stop mm-hmm. sport in the world. Mm-hmm. So from people like Cristiano going to Saudi Arabia and mm-hmm. me at the peak of their career going to um, 
the states. The states. Mm-hmm. Um, sports has been growing at eight percent annually in Africa alone. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, from people like Red Bull and people like Formula One and basketball, there's a lot of investment that's put being put in infrastructure, mm-hmm. and it's it's one of the fastest growing entertainment forms of entertainment. Mm-hmm. When you go back to Africa, and I think I was lucky enough to work on sports in Africa at at at, at TikTok, mm-hmm. and so I kind of understood the opportunities that are there, and I think that's why I'm in sports right mm-hmm. now. Okay. Um, last question, because you talked about, I guess, through the experience that you had as a family, mm. um, you know, to be frugal mm. and you need to make a lot of money. Mm. Um, having, giving, keeping that in mind, what's the worst money decision you've made? <laughs> There's so many. The worst one. The worst one. Yeah. Uh, keeping that in mind, the fact that you knew you to be frugal and yeah. the fact that you knew you needed to make a lot of money. Not saving in time. Yeah. Yeah. So I procrastinated opening a money markets account. I procrastinated opening a circle account. I feel like at the point where I need a lot of money at once, I'd have gone to my circle mm-hmm. to maybe get a loan. Yeah. Or if I want to withdraw my money from the money markets, I'd have gotten some money. So that thing that's on the biggest that's a big in my opinion, the biggest the yeah. biggest. And when you say not opening it early, I mean, uh, how, how long now have you had those accounts for? When did I you? I think maybe two, two, three years. <laughs> <laughs> two, three years, I think. Yeah. 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 But something I also forget is that most of us, especially firstborns and people come from certain types of family, we tend to have a lot of um, black tax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Black tax is something that um, I think you need to understand how to, to, to manage it. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't manage it in time, mm-hmm. it's going to mess you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, that's been us. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I think mm-hmm. learned a couple of things um, and see a few things. Definitely, I hope you enjoyed it too. Please like, comment, share. Tell us who you want to see next. If you have other questions for Victor, please put them in the chat. We'll make sure that he addresses them. Until the next episode, we'll see you then. Thank you. <laughs>